Hello and welcome to Tracks, episode 11. I've forgotten to say what we are, so Harry, can you tell us? We are your new favourite music podcast. And when do we come out? <laughs> Every Tuesday. Oh, I, I feel like you are the presenter now. Okay, well, today we've got some groovy, groovy stuff happening. <laughs> scrap it, scrap it, you're not anymore. Um, so today we have got uh, a lucky escape for you guys, mm. in many ways, because uh, a bit of insider knowledge. Initially, we had a plan for this episode, yeah, and it was based around the fact that this is coming out on Bono's birthday, <laughs> and we literally thought we could drag out a full episode from that, um, but fortunately it didn't work, and we've now got a much more interesting episode. Not, but actually, not because it didn't work. Our Bono content was uh, at least a <laughs> seven out of ten. <laughs> it was atrocious. <laughs> but I mean, waiting. I mean, we usually record on a Tuesday. It is now Friday, and some great things have happened yeah. to this whole week. It's so. been a huge week mm. for music, and we cover it all. So uh, enjoy. Thanks for listening. See you on the B side. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Shall we begin? Let's begin now. What a week, what a week, what a week, what a mighty good week. week. Say it again now. Uh, <laughs> so, what a week it has been. Indeed. Can you possibly pick a musical highlight out of it, Harry? Um, no, no, no. It's like uh, Atletico Mint's memory man. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Oh, well done. Yeah. Uh, so to name but a few things that have come out this week: mm-hmm. a new Lorcana single, yes, a new Radiohead single, a new James Blake album. Uh, not quite a new Beyonce album this week, but pretty close to this week, and we've yeah. uh, engaged with it this week. Yeah, yeah. The same goes for the new Sam I Am album. The new Hani El Khatib EP came out this week, and I don't know how to say this name. We're back to the the old me not knowing mm-hmm. how to pronounce anything that isn't uh, John Smith. <laughs> Klaus Johan Grobe. That sounded good. Usually when you say things, it sounds bad. I've got a German GCSE. (laughs) Jans. So yeah, I feel like rather than just pick one thing, we should just go through what's been great this week because there's so much of it. Well, as you mentioned it first, um, I will say that the Loyal Kana new single, Stars and Shards, kind of... um, was a surprising release for me, mainly because the reason why I suddenly became a loyal kind of fan was because of Track Show and your choice in the first episode, and I hadn't heard of him before that. So Stars and Shards, it is very much like a lot of stuff he has. It's very um, slow-paced and uh, chilled kind of music, but um, it had that kind of King Cruel aspect to it with the guitar. Yeah. And uh, I know he plays with a full live band, but this is probably the most sort of, for want of a better word, bandy 
mm. song that he's done so far. Yeah. And I really love that he's um, he's keeping that kind of really nicely paced delivery. He's he's got a real a recognizable style to his delivery. I he think. does. He, yeah, especially his vocal delivery is kind yeah. of that droll tone kind of thing. And it's like there's a there's a little slur to it that I really love, and I I can't quite. It's not. He doesn't slur his words, but he kind of. That kind of. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Man, it's much too long. Yeah. That kind of. Um, yeah. It's just lingering, so, kind of. Yeah, it's just so chilled and so, so brilliant. I love it. I absolutely adore his deliveries. Yeah. A, you know, a bit like we spoke about last week about sort of um, unique vocals and unique delivery of lyrics as well, because his lyrics are really interesting. They are. But yeah, um, you know, I I love the backing tracks on his his music as well. But I think he is just such a unique. Uh, artist and talent and um yeah i'm a really really huge huge fan it sounds like probably on the horizon is a full length lp it's got to be coming and we um actually because we've sort of picked up tracks here and there yeah but maybe missed a bit but we were on his website earlier this week weren't we yeah and found that there was loads more yeah i I hadn't heard cantona you had haven't you um i i didn't hear that but i'd never i don't know if i'd heard that version i'd seen it live mm. at Glastonbury not in person but I'd seen the recording of it um, and there are a few which I'd heard live but not heard like a recorded version I really think everyone listening should go and check out his website because there's loads of stuff that maybe is hard to find elsewhere but is really worth checking out is it on his website that we came across his Kanye West cover as well yeah I've listened to that multiple times now I really love it it's so good yeah. so shall we have a little listen of the new track Stars and shards. Let's give it a spin. I, I used to know this nigga Sonny, he was ironically dark Never consumed by the money, but said and drove in the park Became a main habit of kids, bagging the piff Cornucopius, quoting a man, he was blagging a myth It wasn't simple, simpler than previous Maturity was lacking and he was never mischievous Devious was closer, only relevant if leaving us He was too afraid, so we stayed forced to believe and trust Honestly was the commodity he'd never possess Nevertheless, manipulate a woman beating his chest Weeping the stress, seeking a breath, wreaking a cess Hear the pit of pattern missing the latter, weeping to death About a Shoulder to cry on, no one left to rely on. He was followed by some men in black, like the belt of a rag on in the report. Said he was caught dead in a snort and was shredded. He never even embedded a fort. Stars and shards, a glass will harm if they meddle. Cool, so stars and shards. Love it. Um, what are you bringing to the table today, Tim? O-thee. Never call me that again. Um, <laughs> Tim O'Thee or Tim O'Thee? Well, I feel like I'm going to go straight into what is probably the most uh, highly hyped and probably biggest release of the week in its own way, which is the new Radiohead track. Mm. The name of which I've just forgotten. Some Something about a witch. Burn the witch. Burn the witch. Burn her, for fuck's sake. She's a bloody witch. Burn the bitch. <laughs> Burn the, the bitch witch. <laughs> so they started the week by uh, sort of reminding everyone that they existed by deleting all of their music and mm. everything from the internet. And then I feel like they, they misjudged that a little bit because obviously everyone was going to notice that. Yeah. And then they tried to drop a surprise track. Like yeah. two days later, so it's not a surprise, Radiohead. We know you're up to something. Because... So did they take everything down and expect people to not notice that? I thought they kind of made it clear that they'd taken everything away. 
I, I think it all it just mysteriously kind of... disappeared. I think, but that could be totally yeah. wrong. You could be right. I thought it was kind of let's start afresh kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, the song is called Burn the Witch and it, it led to one of my, um, one of my favourite radio moments of recent times. It came out on, I think, Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. One of the two. And uh, I was listening to Steve Lamack on Six Music. And he came on and he said, basically, uh, ten minutes before we came on air, the new Radiohead dropped in my inbox and they said, play it on the show. Uh, so he had never heard it before. He heard it raw the first time on the radio. Played it on air. Yeah. Came back and he tried to say, oh, it sounds a bit like, I don't know, it's a... And then he was like, I haven't really got to grips with it. Let's play it again. And they just played it again, back to back. It was so good. It made me love Steve so much for him. For him? (laughs) (laughs) For that. It made me love him so much for that. Yeah. Like, that's what all music fans are like. We listen to things and it's just like oh I haven't really got to grips with that yeah I want to have another listen I listened to and it and he just did it live on air it was brilliant yeah I listened to the song and then because you told me to listen to it and then I uh, listened to the song with the video yeah the video is quite weird right the video is off-putting but in a great way oh I thought you were going to say it put you off the song no 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 uh, it just made me uneasy about life <laughs> and <laughs> just things so it's kind of it looks like um, the old British kids TV show Camberwick Green. Yes. Um, and some people are calling it, as you informed me earlier, the Camberwicker Man. But that's a bit of a spoiler alert, so we're not going to go any Sorry. further into that. But to give you an idea of the aesthetic, it's like old school, um, really kind of cool stop motion kids animation yeah. but with a really sinister and it's, side to it I mean it starts with a bird in the tree whistling yeah. just like the a kids TV show would and it's yeah. just the further it goes in you start to there's something cool about the like that bird particularly stuck, stuck in my head because I'm fairly sure it's beak is made out of two sides of a peanut s- <laughs> sprayed gold <laughs> like, I like small scale things where they use like something that shouldn't be used for that it's very possible yeah but yeah, it's a great video. It's a really great tune. Mm. Um, but get ready to feel a little bit um, uneasy. Yeah. And it it sticks with you as well. Because I've, it really does. I've listened to the song without the video quite a few times since seeing the video for the first time. And I kind of can't hear it without think, yeah. thinking there's some uh, terrifying little... That's why I think the video is Little wooden important. men chasing me. <laughs> It's around the corner somewhere. Yeah. The burrow is just down on the floor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so let's have a little listen to that. <laughs> so much and I'm not a Radiohead guy at all as I think 
you're possibly not either. Not that... I mean, I saw them at Reading once and I really enjoyed them. Um, we all know the songs and the occasional song and yeah, stuff, but, but like, no, I'm not... A- they're not a band that has ever, I've like grown with or I've I kind of loved for a long time. But they're also not a band that I've ever heard anything that I've really disliked from them. But just sometimes you just don't latch on to something. But that I absolutely love, and um, I can't get enough of it. I really can't get enough of it. I love like the kind of orchestral. I don't know what I can see what the instrument is that that bass is coming from. Like it's like a big double bass or something, but I don't know what it is because I don't know what instruments are. <laughs> I can like identify a piano, a recorder. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's my recorder noise. Yeah, but that's great. And do you ever have this thing where, like, you hear a song and it reminds you of another song and you fully can't work out why? Yeah. Like, there's just some synapses within your brain that have linked. There's a really weird song... I don't even know where I know it from. It's from like the seventies, and it's bizarre, and it's called "Walking the Cow." But that song fully reminds me of it. Like, it's all I can hear in my head when I listen to it, and also the little wooden men I can see them as well. <laughs> but like, I want They're to always there. <laughs> I want to play this song for you okay. because it just I can't. I can't work out in my own mind why they're the why they're connected. So it's called it's called Walking the Cow and it's by Concerto Caledonia. Okay. Concerto Caledonia. Caledonia is in Scotland. In Vanessa County Thistle. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay, so yeah, as as a guy with a music degree who has much more technical knowledge than I ever will. I mean, I don't know how far I can go into it, but I think I understand why you'd maybe link the two. I mean, you've got a very similar tempo. Sure. Um, for me, I felt linked because it's quite a... Um, also quite an eerie track. You've got yeah. the, the vocal is obviously like this kind of recorded thing kind of like a found footagey stuff yeah although right. i'm not sure it is because it's just old yeah, yeah well that's what i mean it's just, to us it just sounds and the beginning with that record it's kind of like it sounded um like a radio recording or something yeah. um and that can be a bit creepy sometimes yeah. and then it's got this harpsichord over it which kind of dates it yeah um makes it sound a lot older um I think, but but probably the main reason that you might be linking it is because of the tempo, and it's that. It's that bu- 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 yeah, bu- bu- I think bu- it. I think it maybe is that because the whatever I was trying to describe in the Radiohead track, which is maybe a double bass or something, hmm. like I hear that as almost disconnected from everything else that's happening, but it's just like a real constant driving force behind the whole track that kind of well, drags it's almost it along playing with the it. kind of percussive, percussive. Yeah, role, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think that. That as much as I've managed to understand those connections, that is what I think it is as well. 
but yeah I just wanted to no, yeah, get I, your interesting input on it lovely What is your uh, preference of how to refer to Beyonce? Are you a B? Bay. I liked um, Yont. Say. <laughs> yeah. I call it Yonts most well, of the time. <laughs> Yonts. <laughs> I've never gone with Yonts before. Um, I like B. I like Bay. I like Beyonce. I never know when it when people do B E Y. I, I feel like you have to say bay mm. but then it's like it's just a minefield <laughs> what is your name just everyone call her yonce anyway <laughs> whatever her name is yeah she has had an incredible incredible album mm-hmm. out over the last couple of weeks um, has it been though it's been it's at least two been... weeks since I it was the weekend before last I watched the uh music video movie thing oh wow so two weeks yeah okay but it's still very much in our consciousness yeah back in our consciousness you've only listened to it for the first time yesterday yes I so it's what... been that because I the reason why I've put it off is because I assumed that I heard about the video the visual album, yeah. the, the whole thing itself. Can I just say, the reason you've put it off is because you're rubbish at Google. <laughs> we were sat earlier. Not rubbish. We were prepping this episode. And Harry's like, I just can't find the video of it anywhere. <laughs> so I Googled it and clicked on the first link. And he was like, no, it's not going to be that. It's too easy. If it's too easy, it's not going to be it. And I just pressed play and there it was, the full 58 minutes. But... I've been looking, this maybe came out today, and I hadn't seen it before. No, it Has wasn't, it was top of the Google there. already, you know? Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Basically, I put it off because I thought I would have had to really dig in deep and listen to everything together. But I waited, and I've now listened, and I now love Lemonade. Lemonade. What do you think of the name? Like I said to you, I love the name because it makes me, it makes me feel like there's love you a like juicy you. lemonade album, like a a, the, a thirsty album. It's got, it's just, got a zesty feel. Yeah, to it. I think it's it's from when life gives you lemons, right? Well, there's just the little um, bit at the end of one of the songs, isn't there? Yeah, that she says, "I made lemonade." Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm guessing that's so what yeah. it's from. Because if anyone doesn't know by this point, this isn't a spoiler alert, because you must have been living in a hole. Yeah. It's basically, it's really interesting actually, because it goes off on kind of different tangents, and she talks about her father, and talks about, you know, black rights, and, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, and all these kind of things, but basically kind of ties it back into the fact that Jay-Z is a massive bellend who cheated on her. Yeah. And... So that's kind of the running theme throughout. And if you watch the video, it's split into her stages of finding out and dealing with it and moving on and deciding to uh, remain married. Yep. To this bastard. (laughs) 
This bastard Jazzy. Yeah. She, she's so convincing in her attack on him yeah. that when you watch the movie, he's in the very end. And I was like, oh, what is he doing here? <laughs> Get him off now. <laughs> I was well, genuinely yeah. livid to see his face. Um, but back to the music. What an album. Yeah. There's almost... Uh, for this podcast, there's too many songs to go through. Yeah. I feel like we need to go through every single one. Um, because... Maybe there'll be a spin-off episode where we just do a full album review. Track Maybe by track. Will be. Tracks by tracks. <laughs> Incredible. There will be now. We've got the name. <laughs> um, I, I, There are specific songs that that scream out to me. Okay, so maybe we, but, maybe we should... And I'm saying this whilst I'm also thinking in my head, I don't know how to do this myself. But maybe we should pick a song each. Okay. Is that that is that fair? That is a thing that can be done. Yeah. Okay. So, cut to 20 minutes of us both going... <laughs> so, the song that I'm choosing... And it was a it was a tough decision between track two and track three. Uh, for people who know the album, you'll know what my second choice was. Mm. For people who don't, you better go download it to find out. Um, <laughs> legally, of course, from Tidal. Can we just? I uh, know I've just seen. I've just, can we just searched throw it, out... and it's on iTunes now. Oh, is it? Yeah. But can we just throw out a little um, mention of the fact that it's totally bizarre that there's an entire album slagging off her husband. Yet she released it on his platform. Absolutely. That's weird. So, the song I want to play, I want to listen to, is Hold Up. And I feel like it also relates a little bit to last week's episode where we talked about kind of reggae-infused music becoming quite a big thing again. It seems to be having a revival. And this has got real reggae vibes. (laughs) That wasn't meant to be a Jamaican accent. Uh, (laughs) It wasn't, so that's fine. exactly. Um, and it's great and I love it so let's have a little listen Hold up they don't love you like I love you slow down they don't love you like I love you back up they don't love you like I love you step down they don't love you like I love you can't you see there's no other man above you what a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you Oh, love, they don't love you like I love you Oh, don't, they don't love you like I love you Something don't feel right, because it ain't right Especially coming up after midnight I smell your secrets, and I'm not too perfect To ever feel this worthless How did it come down to this scrolling through your call list? I don't want to lose my pride, but I'ma fuck me up a bitch know that What are your feelings towards that selection? It's actually one of my favourite songs from the album Um... I like, I don't know what it is, some kind of um, MIDI instrument probably, but um, the, the kind of, it's just really, I don't know what it is either, but it's it, really, it's like it's going to go into some kind of um, Tim Burton movie for some reason, I don't know, it's just got this kind of fun but weird yeah. um, thing to it, Yeah, I don't know words, so it's just it didn't sound like it was going to be a Beyonce song or something and then then when she comes in yeah I love that as well she's so good 
Yeah. She's so good in this she track. She absolutely destroys it. Yeah. And you're only four songs in, three songs in. No, this is two. Songs. This is two. This is the <laughs> second song. song. <laughs> it's not even on the album. <laughs> you haven't even made it to the album at this stage. And she's already slaying it. <sighs> but it's incredible. And it's also got like an interesting um, uh, bit of a sort of backstory to it, hasn't it? Because yeah. it's kind of the the lyric the kind of key hook is clearly yeah yeah yes yeah or at least uh borrowed from the yeah yeahs and they are credited in the writing but it's also got a bit of ezra koenig yeah vampire as far Weekend, as i know is credited as a writer or a contributor as far as i well this is the thing i read today because i saw a full list of the people that are credited in the album and i know that um it started off with a yeah 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 song and Basically, Maps. Ezra, yeah, um, Ezra Koenig tweeted them, I think, and said, maybe it would sound better if it was this word. And then she's basically taken that and used it herself. Yeah. But it also says underneath it, produced, or the, um, to help produce it was Ezra Koenig. Cause so he, I don't know if he's actually had any further help with it. Or I think he did, because um, he got, there was a bit of flack Maybe on, that's where that noise comes from. Yeah, there was a bit of flack online about the track and I didn't really follow the full thing but Ezra uh, felt the need clearly to put up some stuff on Twitter about how how it came to be and how it got to the point it did and um, basically it did come from that lineage but and he kind of pushed it along that lineage so he's he's helped her produce it and he's said maybe take this thing from yeah yeah yeah's something like change it but I mean, the other thing to really, I think the thing that really irritated me about it is it's always, it's very easy for people to try and um, take away credit where it's due. Mm. You know, people find it difficult to say that was just brilliant. And like, they don't love you like I love you is not the most original lyric there ever was. Obviously in the AES track maps, it's really, really powerful. And in this, it's really, really powerful. So you kind of... It's something that sticks in the head. But they're, they're a million miles and apart. Isn't I can't, isn't the only thing that Ezra changed was... He said it would be better to have hold up. Or he... he like, it was just a small was, thing yeah, like it was that. So, yeah. It was something like that. But the point is, they're two just totally different songs. Mm-hmm. And without, you know, wanting to kind of try attach too much meaning or politicise this kind of little bit of beef that has been going on online I feel like if that was two male artists no one would have batted an eyelid that I feel like it's just the Twitter sphere people getting people seeing a hashtag and just going for it and just putting their opinion across where where it's not really needed maybe it's um, yeah and maybe also there's a little um a little bit of sort of animosity from the alternative indie music scene towards pop music and it's kind of like I absolutely think that you know there's a snobbery to it it's like Mm -hmm. Beyonce's stolen from indie music and that's not fair I I saw a tweet today saying why the hell is James Blake doing things for Beyonce and that was pretty much it but I was just like whoa shut the hell up you I mean what a nonsense thing to say and we'll come on to James Blake in a minute but imagine right you're I mean you're you you're a musician and you make a you know a acclaimed and successful album, but a British album probably I don't really know 
enough about James Blake to know whether he's had success the other side of the Atlantic. Mm. But I'm not sure he's had a lot. Not really with consumers, because I, I, I know he's done work with other musicians yeah. and stuff. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I don't think... But my point is that if you're James Blake and you get a phone call and it says Beyonce wants you to work on yeah. a track on a new album, what world would you have to exist in to say no? Like, you say yes. The well, biggest know, artist in the world. Exactly. I know he's worked with or is working with Frank Ocean and he does stuff yeah. with Justin Vernon. And it seems like a lot of them, well, you know, Justin Vernon works with Kanye West and yeah. they know Beyonce and stuff. And Frank Ocean is also accredited on the Beyonce album. So there's, there's yeah. this link between everybody. And absolutely, you would you would jump at the chance to be involved in, especially an album that is such a hit right now that is possibly one of the most important things to come out in quite yeah, a while totally and there's like we're we're kind of not the guys to do it justice i saw mm. a um like i i listened to it and i felt found it really powerful and really amazing and also just um just musically absolutely adored it straight away but then i i was online scrolling around and one of my old teenage crushes Kate Nash did a like a huge uh, long like five paragraph uh, like Facebook status about how powerful it was for her and how important it was for her and then I saw loads of other women talking about it and it's like you know we're two guys we can only put forward what we feel about it but like this is a hugely powerful and important and significant album that we can't really do justice to. Yeah. Other than say we love it <clears throat> and we love everything it means. Absolutely. Just like how um, you talk about how important it is to some people. Like I text my very dear friend Emily, who I'm shouting out now. Shout out Emily. <laughs> uh, and I said... She's one of our day ones, right? Yeah, absolutely. She is on board with tracks. We love you dearly. Um, and I text her like if you if you're right, maybe two weeks after the album released I'm like have you had Lemonade yet she's like I've listened to it every single day yeah. <laughs> I'm like oh wow yeah I, I forget that this album would mean a lot more to certain people um, so yeah you're absolutely correct in what you said there Tim so in that in that post that I just mentioned I'm just going to read a little bit of it and I'm going to leave it down to the magical hands of Harry to uh, decide what goes in or out of the pod but, okay. like I say, I think like this is the reaction that a lot of people had that maybe we are not capable of having. Mm. Before we have penises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this album, like I have so many words, I might actually write a blog about it. I have been so inspired by a fully realised, complete and whole project for a minute. It happens every once in a while, and when it does, I feel so passionate and excited and elated. Fuck. Thank you, Beyonce, for making this record. It is so powerful and real and raw. I cried so much. Watching her be her most honest, standing up for herself, not giving a fuck about what people think, frying flea, frying flea, (laughs) (laughs) flying free, giving us the most beautiful, powerful imagery. The loud political voice rings so clear. The quote, the most disrespected woman in America is the black woman. There has been so much hate and unfathomable racist bullshit. I cried watching the beautiful black activism and 
beauty, the imagery, the history, the families, the couples, from nature and landscapes of the South to the material of her dresses, the victims of extreme racism, murder and brutality, the shots of these amazing women, children and mothers in this video, to mix the political with the most honest, free and vulnerable insight into her heart and life is an overwhelming mix. It's just like so beautiful. I'm so inspired and all I can do is eat and drink and sleep lemonade. Just thank you for making this, Beyonce. Right. I couldn't put it better than that. There was a lot of heart in saying it that way. And yeah, it's something that's really influenced a lot of people and really impacted a lot of people, I think. Yeah. And it's a, uh, like she said, really powerful cultural things with real cultural impact don't happen all the time and this is one of them so even if you're listening to this and you're thinking oh fuck I thought this was like an indie music podcast and they're just talking about Beyonce like rubbish yeah no go listen to the album it's the best yeah I mean it's got like we'll go on to with I guess we'll yeah let's go for it my pick um is Daddy Lessons. Came into this world, Daddy's little girl. Daddy made a soldier out of me. Daddy made me dance. Daddy held my hand. Daddy liked his whiskey with his tea. And we rode motorcycles, blackjack, classic vinyl, tough girl. What I had to be It's a day of your mother Watch out for your sister And all that when he gave to me With his gun and his head held high He told me not to cry Oh, my daddy said shoot Oh, my daddy said shoot With his right hand on his rival He swore in on the Bible you say how maybe people who love indie music just wouldn't be interested in that but, but this album I think has so many influences from different music and different genres and l- so many people you would be surprised I'll get the list out the people that um, were involved somehow in making this album I mean for one Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin is on there Frank Ocean James Blake Ezra Koenig as we've said there are people from all corners of the music world yeah and that's just a fraction yes absolutely so I think this is an important it should be an important thing for all music listeners because if you think about what music is it's, it's telling stories yeah and it's art and if you respect what music really is then you should be interested in this because this is fundamentally like an amazing yeah. use of music it is it's this... storytelling at its best in this with this album yeah 100% and it is it's so personal and it's such a story of her life yeah and also it's um there's something i find really sort of punk about it in mm. that um, so it's kind of like that uh, that sketch which I think a lot of us saw 
after Formation came out yeah. from SNL, the day Beyonce turned black. Did it, form, sorry, did Formation come out that long ago? She performed it at the Super Bowl. Ah, oh, right. So, yeah, I, I think it, then, I think yeah. it did come out then as well. Um, but the point I was going to make and why it feels really punk to me is that she, Beyonce, is someone who she's always had a voice. She's always been a powerful uh, personality within herself mm. and had something to say for herself. But you could certainly, without uh, feeling any. Uh, like you're being degrading to her, you could say that she has got a certain platform by maybe kind of playing the game a little bit and putting out pop music yeah. and things which are a little bit faceless and a little bit there to be radio friendly. And that is how, you know, not completely, and I'm not I'm not d- disregarding her by yeah. saying that, but I think there's something so brilliant and so punk about the fact that she has got this... She's got to this level, and she's got this platform, and now she's decided to put this out. You know, something super personal, super, you know... Gritty and... Gritty and full of message and uh, full of intent and, you know... Yeah. All these things. And I would say risk, but... Yeah, it is risky. Of course it's risky. Yeah. You know, and that... But she owns that risk. She she fully just goes for it. Yeah. And she takes that risk, basically. Yeah, because it's, it's vulnerable. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Anyone who's ever been cheated on, and I don't, I don't even really want to go down that avenue too much because I don't think it's the most important thing about the album. But, you know, anyone who's ever been in that position, it's a, it's a position where you feel vulnerable and you feel stupid and you feel like you're the idiot mm. and then to go and put that out there and to load it with all this stuff like amazing like hats off to her yeah so like just like you say with vulnerability um to put to put your emotions and to let people really inside um how you're thinking at a certain time yeah and throw that into your art yeah is a very difficult thing to do and i really don't know if we witness it that often in music i know that obviously everything released means something to somebody or means something to the person who wrote it but to really get that raw emotion where you really feel like she's probably produced music in the past where she feels like this is you know yeah something that's happened that's right about it whatever I just get the feeling that this kind of um, release is probably the most she's ever felt yeah where she's she thought this has to come out in my art I have to portray how I'm feeling in the the best way I can which is through music yeah totally and there's two things I want to sort of say about that one first of all I think you're 100% right and one, I just want to sort of point out the fact that when you're Beyonce, the stakes are so high to do that as well. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're someone doing an open mic, you know, in the middle of nowhere, where, you know, the people in the room will hear it. You know, she's Beyonce. She can't not be Beyonce, and she can't put out something that's super personal and hope that, oh, maybe some people hear it, maybe some people won't. Everyone's going to hear what she puts out. So there's so, it's so bold 
to do that and to mm. put it out there. And also the, the fact that I think that talking about your vulnerabilities and talking about sort of who you are as a person and your flaws is something that we're seeing more in music, you know, in the last, you know, the sake of saying, talking about Kanye West again. Yeah. In one of the songs on his last track, he talks about being on antidepressants yeah. and uh, how without these things that stabilise him, he's insane. Yeah. And, and I think we get that, we do get that in a lot of music. Yeah. But we, I think we get a lot from men. Yeah. You know, because it's a, it's an easier thing. You know, we've got a stable grounding. Especially a woman so powerful as yeah. well in the, the eye of the world that it's especially to go that deep into things and admit to certain yeah. things and feeling so crushed. Yeah. Because a lot of people would think, yeah, but go Beyonce, you're, you're the, you're the, you're the man almost like you you can do, you can get through this, whatever you can do anything. Yeah. But it, she's just saying, look, I, turns out I'm a, she's a human being. Yeah. <laughs> she's not just Beyonce. Yeah. She's just a woman. Yeah. And that's a, that's maybe a really nice way to, end this little segment so i hope we've uh in our way of being middle class white males from the south of england uh done some justice to what is a really really important uh black american feminist album yeah (laughs) (laughs) do what we can we were talking about contributors to the beyonce album yeah and one of the names that popped up was james blake yeah and actually, I would like to just say a little bit about the, the um, time. Hang on. Yeah, tell tell your story of moving from Lemonade to... Well, yeah, okay. Um, basically, I heard Lemonade, and I heard the very first song, and, I, and I, this my thought process... This is before even thinking about James Blake. So I listened to the very first song, and I thought, sounds like James Blake wrote this. It's, uh, it's got that piano feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I listened on, and obviously James Blake's song came on. I thought, oh, that is James Blake. Okay, he's he's had a, a part in this. And um, listened to more of it, okay. it's Then I looked into who's been part of it, and great, loads of people. And then, probably three hours later, James Blake just comes up and says, my new album's coming out at midnight. Yeah. I was like, oh, bloody hell, where does this come from? And I've been waiting for it for ages. I think I might have even mentioned it on the podcast that yeah, I'm looking have. forward to it. And it came out of nowhere, this release yeah. as well, didn't it? It was yeah. a total unknown to everyone. Yeah. He and didn't even do a Radiohead and delete all his music first. No, he didn't. He kept that up for people. <laughs> there were people listening to that while he said he was going to bring out a new one. Um, so this came out uh, at midnight. And we're recording this, so it's probably nearly only been 24, not even 24 hours since the album's been out. I've listened to it two or three times now. And I remember texting you after about four or five songs in, you have to listen to this because it's stunning. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of his. Um, only really since, I think maybe a little bit before or during when he won his Mercury Award, which was, I think, two two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah 2013, like maybe. Yeah. Anyway, like I've talked about, he's just got this amazing voice. That his songwriting ability is incredible, and he his the, the emotion he can get in his songs is yeah. sublime. 
Like I really, really, really rate the guy. He's yeah. and the, he fits this kind of some songs who, especially in the new album, who have these kind of trap hip hop kind of vibes. Yeah. And he's talked about it before. Like he, he really loves hip hop, and he takes a lot from listening to that kind of music. So it's evident in yeah. everything he does. But um, like I say, the emotion he gets into his songs. There's parts when you just want to cry in the songs that he has he's just one of the most notable musicians for a long time and there's a he has um, the big exciting thing that because I knew he was coming for a while that he was going to have Justin Vernon maybe helping Justin so, Vernon yeah, so, yeah. and as soon as you kind of there are certain songs you can hit, you can just hit if you know anything about Bon Iver and Justin Vernon, you can hear his influences, and you can hear when his, obviously when he does vocal parts in it. It's a match made in heaven between those two. It's they should do something between each other with a different name or something. It would be just there need, needs to be a super group. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a song right at the end. While I was walking here, I listened to it again, and I kind of was blocking everything out, just listening to this. Probably not a good thing to do when you're near train tracks and <laughs> roads and things. <laughs> but. Um, I have a little bit of experience, a very small amount, and I'm talking small, that I um, have written music for an orchestra. Not a real orchestra, but for like a module at uni or something. Um, So I know what it is to write for different voices and for different parts and different instruments and things. And in the very last song, which we'll play shortly, um, it sounds a bit like a hymn. And the use of um, the different tones and he's got these high-pitched and low-pitched vocals all playing along with each other, harmonising with each other, playing at certain points, almost like this kind of orchestra. And I didn't get that the first two times I heard it. It was mainly when I really just properly gave myself to it and just something, heard it properly something you need to look into a little bit yeah and when you then you'll start picking out all the little things because it's quite easy for this album to wash over you it's quite a long album yeah it's um but there's some parts that don't hit right with me and it's a little bit ambient isn't it i mean very it's, it's very much the james blake style to yeah yeah like you say if it's something you want to look into you find all this these layers to it but it's also something that's very easy to and I'm I'm coming into this having had one listen where I was you know I was working while I listened to it so mm. it very much did wash over me a bit 
but because I know previous James Blank stuff, I think what you to hark back a little bit to what you said earlier about the emotion he puts in things. Mm. I think it's a really interesting one contrast to what we were just talking about and two collaboration with Beyonce because I think you listen to that new album and it's really loaded and full of uh, intent and stuff with lyrics. Whereas actually James Blake, he can, he's got this really amazing touch, which I don't, I don't even really understand quite how he does it. Obviously, partly it's in his voice and it's a very, it's a very emotional delivery, mm-hmm. but he's got this kind of really beautiful, subtle touch that he, to uh, paraphrase Ronan Keating, <laughs> wow, he, he says it all when he says nothing at all. <laughs> but he does. He doesn't have to. His lyrics don't have to be really flowery and descriptive for you to know where it's coming from, and I think that's yeah. a real talent. And well, it's, it's about being a, you know, a poet and a wordsmith and also delivering it beautifully. I think his delivery, maybe, this is all just opinion, but um, I, I know from the way he plays piano that he's, he's classically trained, and I think he knows very well how to use his voice in almost the same way as he can instrument. And I think he is kind of one of a kind at the moment at doing that. Yeah. That's why I honestly think that... Um, I can't remember what you said before. About his delivery. Yeah. That's why I think that he gets his delivery spot on. Yeah. Because he's just amazing at bringing these songs together and getting them all to sound Yeah perfect yeah i mean how they should like especially with the the delivery of his um voice with the music together i mean you can hear in his music that if he didn't have a voice obviously he's got things to say and he's got an incredible voice singing voice yeah but if he didn't have that you can hear in what he does that he would be an incredible producer he would be you know Mm. and Okay, I'm going to apologise for myself because it's a really lazy comparison and doesn't do anyone involved justice, but he would be a Jamie XX. Mm. You know, he would be still influential and still really important within the music scene, even if he couldn't sing like that and even if he couldn't do those things. Oh, yeah, because he's talented behind the... You can can just hear it, you know? And you feel there's certain artists that you hear them singing over a track and you get a little bit of a feeling that maybe they've been given a track and they've sung on it. Yeah. And you don't get that with James Blake. You get the feeling that this is his vision. And okay, you know, he's not going to be the only person who worked on the album, but this is all him. Yeah. And like I say, that it's something I got from his old stuff, and even just at the one listen, I feel it from the new stuff. Can I... This is going to be um, maybe frowned upon to even say this. But there's a song on Beyonce's album. I don't know, we're going backwards here, but um Let's just talk about Beyonce forever. Okay. She's the new Kanye West for tracks. So the track Sand Castles and you we were talking about the emotion in James Blake's voice yeah. and stuff and how he's obviously a very good singer as well. Um and this like I say I say this flippantly. There is there are moments in this song where I feel like her song, her singing voice is very weak. 
Yeah. And I've I think what I've realised is it's also also one of the most emotive songs of the whole album. Yeah. Like the, it starts, and I, the, my first thought is, oh, I yeah. don't like this. And then halfway through, there's a point when you can almost hear her voice quivering because she's yeah. almost crying, and I'm and I'm like shivering as well, and I'm yeah. like, holy shit. Like, you know, it's not yeah. about the perfection of somebody's yeah. voice, it's the delivery and, and you know, how they're really yeah. feeling at the time. Do you know what I think that is? I think it's something in modern music and modern production techniques yeah. that so much of what we hear is without any flaws. Yeah. And you know, a record that I've spoke about loads of times on this podcast. I mean, we're only 12 episodes in and I keep on bringing it up. but Eleven. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but Neil Young, a letter home. Yeah, one of the reasons I really love it is that you hear the crack in his voice <laughs> and in your toes. <laughs> one moment. Yeah. But you hear the crack in the voice, and you listen to a lot of older music, you know, sixties, mm. seventies music, where they're, you know, maybe recording it straight onto the pressing, or you know. They're certainly not in a technological environment where you can do loads and loads of takes and you can take yeah. out all the imperfections. You actually get a bit of humanity in the in the voice, you know. It's like there's moments in Beatles records where you can hear John and Paul's voice just give a little bit. Mm. But it's brilliant and it's yeah. the thing that when you sing along, you imitate, yeah. you know. I it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. I think it, um, that's my, that was what I took from it, is that she's had this, almost like first time she's done this take, and I've seen these boards of um, how people are going to write songs, and I know they'll, 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 they'll record or lay down the verse, and then they'll do another verse, they'll do another take of it, they'll do the chorus, blah, blah, blah. I feel like maybe she went in there, sang this song from start to finish in a way that she really felt it, and they didn't have to go and go over it because, firstly, when I say it's it was a little bit weak, I mean it's a, an incredible voice. Yeah, but the the point is that she's a really powerful vocalist and as renowned as you know uh, Whitney Houston or uh, mm. you know these huge voices and people kind of. I think maybe there's an assumption from within the music industry that the audience wants to hear her belt it out, and if she tones it down a bit that's not what people want to hear and actually mm. yeah to hear that vulnerability and that to get back to what we're actually talking about james baker's totally got that yeah and maybe it was an influence he had on that album maybe you know it's the track before the one he features on but i'm not sure if he was involved in the recording of that yeah but i could totally imagine the fact that he's the one in the booth telling her to feel it yeah you know i think um Right here, just play a little bit of Meet You in the Maze, James Blake, and then a little bit of Sandcastles from Beyonce. And we're basically just going to be picking up on the raw emotion and anything else I've talked about um, with these particular songs. And when you come back to us in the studio on the mics, excuse the sniffling and the tears <laughs> and the <laughs> that was really good yeah absolutely 
tears back but uh no it really is it really did make the hairs on the back of my neck stand up yeah i love it we had goosebumps together <laughs> but <laughs> before we together. just like actually i know what was that all about <laughs> what i just said <laughs> but before we just like become a like melted globule of human globule i don't is. know it's i don't nice. know what i'm trying to say basically before we fall apart <laughs> let's move swiftly on and salute the people who we are leaving behind. Yeah. You are brilliant. We've got nothing more to say, but we love you. Thank you. I'm not talking to you, <laughs> Div. <laughs> right, so we should just mention at this point that we have literally only gone... Uh, episode 8 was a 2016 roundup so far, wasn't yeah. it? So we're only a few episodes later... And this episode really wasn't meant to be a roundup. This was meant to be a... We were going to talk about annoying musicians because this comes out on Bono's birthday. <laughs> so it's Bono's birthday. What do you think he got? What do you buy for Bono? World famous. You don't. You force him to listen or have it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, just... Yeah. Just be on him all the time and just make him listen to you wherever you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what you do with him. Yeah. I, I like that idea. What I would do is maybe like buy him, I'd get him a card. Yeah. And then I would super glue it to the front of his iPhone. <laughs> so you can't remove it, Bono. It's there forever. <laughs> How'd you like that? <laughs> but also, really, I would buy him some uh, green tinted sunglasses. I don't know where he where you'd go to buy some Bono glasses. But. Every just Marks and Spencers. Yeah, just get yeah. some Bono sunglasses. <laughs> eBay. Have I told you about the? I'm gonna have to put this up on um, somewhere. But I went to this little festival that my brother made. It's a party in the park kind of thing. Are and you talking I, about Bolney Fest? Yes, <laughs> not a festival. <laughs> it's called Bolney Fest. 
Yeah, but it's not anyway, a festival. That was a joke. Anyway, I went to buy these John Lennon sunglasses on eBay. The ones so, yes. Um, there's a picture of them. Thought great, one ninety nine two pounds. I just remembered them. the picture of it, <laughs> and so I bought them. And I get them in the post. I think they came like a day before. <laughs> and what they sent me were these just big round Harry Potter glasses. No, Harry Potter does them no justice. They were worse. They were just black rims with a yeah. clear glass. They just looked absolutely <laughs> nothing like John Lennon sunglasses. I was looking for a thin gold frame with like. Uh, reddish or dark yeah. tinted like the ones lens. that I wore to the party absolutely and I was yeah. like oh, that's what I wanted but instead I got these and I will put them up on Twitter if I mean, anyone gives a damn like at least the size of a hockey ball they were I'm gonna yeah. say or like a very I don't think I've seen a hockey ball they're quite big. of all the balls <laughs> that's what I was trying to think it's like an unusual size because it's massive or like at least the size of a, a like chav- a baseball kind of thing yeah or like a chavy girl at our school's big ring earrings <laughs> with just like a lens put in the middle. <laughs> That's them, yeah. Yeah. And they were just... And they were brilliant. Just, and we need to Instagram a picture of you in them. Because I've definitely seen one. You selfied in them. I might have done. Yeah. Yeah. It's in my archive somewhere. Mm. Wow. I don't really want that up there, but we'll do it for the <laughs> sake of tracks. <laughs> We've run out of time. This has been a beautiful episode. We've loved you for listening. Yeah. As a birthday uh, peace offering to the bone, the bono, bonobo. Bonobo's bono. Bonobo's bono bono. The green glassed man. <laughs> the Irish. The fucking twat. <laughs> I feel like that just sums it all up. <laughs> the cretin himself. <laughs> We're going to play an actually alright. You too, song on our way out. Yeah. So we're gonna play. The streets have no name. On the way out. Happy birthday, Bono. Happy bloody birthday. Many happy returns. I'm sure you are glad we did a great episode today. Birthday, bloody birthday. <laughs> That was it. It was that. It has <laughs> happened. That was tracks episode eleven. We made it. And past what an him. episode it was. So for you, lovely listeners who have made it this far, we have some really exciting news. Which we will do a bit of an announcement next week, so you're gonna hear it twice, which is a bit annoying for you actually. Mm. Not really a reward. But we are going to be covering Brighton's huge independent music festival the great escape the biggest independent music festival in the uk or the biggest new music festival in the uk is i think it says europe on the website is it europe come at me if that's wrong but we're going to be doing daily podcasts 
It's going to be brilliant. We're hoping to have interviews with guests there. Yeah. Those guests dates, the Thursday the 19th to the 21st. Yep. Saturday. And it's going to be huge. And we really can't wait. And Harry's got it off work. So yeah. everyone's a winner. Work. <laughs> um, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah. We feel like it's going to be some of our best stuff. And we're really excited for it. Yeah, and if you're another festival owner, <laughs> we will do it for you too. <laughs> for money! <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, trackshow.co.uk. Come find us. We love you. We love you for listening. See you next week. Goodbye.